Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you don't have a clear curriculum for your classroom, it is so overwhelming to try to put that together yourself. Spending hours on Pinterest and Google pulling worksheets and pulling pieces of curriculum together to make something that works for your classroom. That's why we created the Autism Helper Curriculum and now offer Curriculum Access. Curriculum Access gets you access to all levels and all subjects of the highly differentiated, evidence-based Autism Helper Curriculum. You can have students working on letter identification and working on parts of speech at the same time in our easy-to-use curriculum. We currently have hundreds of teachers using Curriculum Access from all over the world with consistently rave reviews. I want you to join that group of teachers. Now is the time to ask your administrators for curriculum access. We have an email template ready to go so you can ask them to set up a demo. Your administrators can jump on a live call with our team members to see everything that's included in the Autism Helper curriculum access. Next year, let's reduce the overwhelm. Let's start the year out with a path and a plan and resources to meet all the diverse needs of your students. Let's make next year the year of curriculum access. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. Let's talk about old school versus new school timeout. So old school timeout, what am I referencing here? Basically, any assumptions, preconceived notions, or associations you have with the phrase timeout. So if you let timeout marinate in your head for a second, you probably have some flashbacks, maybe your childhood of sitting in a corner of the dining room because you didn't eat your dinner or something like that. We kind of have these childhood memories of getting a timeout, right? Everyone's parents gave them a timeout. If you are a parent, you probably given a timeout. And we think of some type of, you know, removal from the situation. If you have maybe a stricter parent sitting somewhere for a really long time period or when you're little, what seems like a really long time period, that's kind of the connotation we have with that. Timeout also has a negative connotation that, you know, it's 
it's harsh, that it's very strict, um, that it only utilizes a consequence-based approach, and that it's stigmatizing. So when we think of timeout, we might immediately have kind of an emotional reaction of, oh no, I can't do that with my students. I can't do that with my own children. That's not right. So those are your, that's my old school timeout that I'm talking about. Your kind of emotional gut reaction that feels icky, right? With that phrase, timeout, that that's not something that's going to be productive or effective with your children or with your students. So let's go new school and let's kind of reframe and think of a new way to define timeout. And we almost need even a different phrase because it is different. It's not arbitrary. It's not sitting away in a different room for long periods of time. Timeout can be used as a function-based strategy that can be really effective, but it has to be used correctly. If it's used in the wrong situations with the wrong behaviors or the wrong kids, it can be really harmful and it can actually cause problem behaviors to increase. Yeah, I said increase. We definitely don't want problem behaviors increasing, right? But if you if you use timeout incorrectly, you can see behaviors continuing to get worse and worse and worse. And that's something we definitely want to avoid. So when you're approaching the possibility of using timeout, you want to be really clear, really specific, and intentional about the way you're using it to make sure that you're using it in the right situations, not in the wrong situations. So when is the right time to use timeout? Of course, you know I'm not going to give you some magic, you know, once a child turns this age on the second day of March, you can use a timeout. Obviously, every child is very different. Every behavior plan and strategy use needs to be individualized. But what in general we want to talk about is using a function-based approach. So we're always, always going to approach behavior in the perspective of what is this behavior communicating? So the function is the why. Why is this behavior happening? And it's happening to communicate something. It's to communicate a need for a break, a need for attention, a need for help. So this communication and what it's getting out of it is the why. And we were always approach behavior change and um, working on problem behaviors from a function-based perspective because it's what's going to propel us towards long-term change. So when we think about why a behavior is occurring, we're able to teach our children a new way to get to that same result. So that's all about the replacement behavior. I have a lot of blog posts. I'll link one of them here on replacement behaviors. Replacement behaviors are really the key to behavior change. I'm going off on a tangent, but I can't not when it comes to behavior, when it comes to replacement behaviors. So we need that replacement behavior We need to teach our kids a positive, pro-social, communicative way to get to that same function or same why that they want. In the meantime, we might also be using some other strategies to work on decreasing that negative behavior, but it has to be used matched up with the replacement behavior teaching. So we're always taking that proactive approach of teaching that new skill, and then we might do a little bit of antecedent interventions and then some consequence-based interventions. So if you have in your head that timeout is only this consequence-based intervention, it is, but it's best used, obviously, 
obviously in conjunction with teaching that replacement behavior and it has to be function-based. So I keep saying function-based because when behaviors have a function of attention, so let's picture those. I know you guys have some attention behaviors in your classrooms. So calling out, um, you know, throwing on your body on the floor, things like that. The result might be for attention. And I say might be because calling out and throwing yourself on the floor could also be an escape behavior. But when you take good data and you take ABC data, that antecedent behavior consequence, and you analyze the function and you determine that this is likely for attention. So the behavior that you're seeing is frequently followed by attention of peers, attention of adults. It's likely that that behavior could be an attention behavior. So let's say that one more time. So when you take your baseline data before you do an intervention, before you jump in, remember baseline data is before we start anything new. It's just business as usual. So if that means that you usually reprimand the student, then keep reprimanding the student or giving a prompt or whatever you were doing before. So collect that baseline data, the ABC data, write what happens before, what happens after, And if you're consistently seeing attention as the consequence, well, it might be a good hypothesis to decide that this could be an attention behavior. So for attention behaviors and only attention behaviors, timeout can be an effective intervention because what is timeout? Timeout is a removal of attention, So that's why it could work because you're removing the source of reinforcement. So if a negative behavior is falling on the floor and then, you know, the staff or adults or teachers or parents come help and give attention, well, bringing the student to timeout after they fall to the floor, no more attention is given. That could be then causing that change in the behavior that, oh, I fall to the floor, I used to get a bunch of attention. Now when I fall out to the floor, I have to go out out to timeout and I get no attention. So it really removes the source of reinforcement. So when we think of new school timeout, so not old school, let's kind of even get rid of the phrase timeout because of all of the ickiness it brings up within us. Let's just think about calling it time away from reinforcement. And the reinforcer here is attention. So if you're thinking about how to utilize this in your classroom with potentially a child that has inattention maintained behavior, then you want to think about how you can remove attention after that behavior happens. So it can look similar to a timeout or completely different, but you're going to remove the source of the reinforcement, which is that attention here. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. I've been making this big point about function-based interventions and figuring out the why and only using this strategy for attention behaviors because timeout could have really aversive effects for any other type of behavior. So if a behavior is an escape behavior, it's being used to get out of something and you give the child a timeout, what are you doing here? Let's think about that. Let's say Johnny doesn't want to do the work task he's given, so he throws the work task on the floor, and the teacher takes Johnny and brings him to timeout. What's Johnny thinking right then? He's thinking, dang, I won. Yes, I don't have to do my work task. I get to hang out over here in this chair. The teacher's thinking, oh, man, I showed Johnny. He won't throw that work task again. But really, she gave Johnny exactly what he wanted for that negative behavior. So now it's going to be much more likely when he gets that work task again, he's going to know exactly what to do. He's going to be like, cool, I'll throw the work task. I get to go back to timeout. It's awesome. So he's getting exactly what he wants out of that negative behavior, which means that negative behavior is going to be much more likely not only to continue, but maybe even to get worse. He's going to be like, well, it worked when I threw my work task. Maybe I'll try throwing my pencil. Maybe I'll try throwing my backpack when I don't want to leave. This throwing behavior seems to really get me what I want. Instead, we want to be teaching our kids a new positive way to get them what they want, not continuing down the streak with the negative behavior. So we want to make sure to spend the time taking baseline data, really looking what, at what the function is before we consider using timeout. Once you kind of fall into the idea that this could be an attention behavior, then you can make the move towards implementing this type of strategy. For timeout to work, Time in must be awesome. So the time in the classroom, in the group, with the teacher, with the peers, that time in must be amazing because it's going to have to stink to remove yourself from it. So when you have to go over there, you don't get to be part of the group or you don't get to continue with everyone. Oh, this is not fun. That's not what I want. I want to be back there with my friends, with my teacher, with everyone else. That's the only way timeout's going to work. So timeout's only going to work with those attention behaviors that are trying to get more out of that environment. So we want to make sure to really spend the time before ever considering an intervention, taking that ABC data and figuring out the function first. So how do we use the time away from reinforcement strategy. Remember, that's what we're calling timeout now. It's time away from reinforcement. So what are some tips and kind of action items for using this in the classroom? So you've got your attention maintained behavior. You're going to start using that time away from reinforcement. So when the behavior happens, the problem behavior happens, you are going to remove attention. 
So if you remember back to my episode a few episodes back that's called I Don't Negotiate Except That I Do, I talk about my experiences with my toddler and her tantrums and what my husband and I did with our family when she tantrums. A lot of her tantrums are attention maintained. So what we do when she has a tantrum is we say to her, when you act this way, you don't get to be around us. So that's really a form of timeout. We're removing our attention from her. We don't move her to a specific spot. We don't have a timeout chair. We actually don't move anyone in the environment. We just keep doing what we're doing. If we were cooking dinner or watching a show, we just keep doing that. We just no longer attend and give attention to her negative behaviors. So you could use that in the classroom and you don't even necessarily have to say that. You could just remove your attention. So stop giving comments, stop giving prompts, stop redirecting, removing that attention. You can also walk away. That could be a form of time away from reinforcement is just getting up and removing yourself. So the source of attention, aka you, the teacher is no longer there. If peers are a source of attention, you can remove peers. You can have the group get up and leave. You can utilize a timeout spot if that's something that works for your student, you know, going to a specific part of the classroom. With any timeout spot, you do want to ensure that the reinforcing aspects of attention are actually removed. Because sometimes it's still pretty fun to like watch the group or see what's going on or kind of look over. So make sure that where the timeout spot is located is in a spot that does remove the sources of attention. If you have a child where it's a power struggle to get to a timeout spot, if you've been using timeout and the idea of getting to that timeout chair or timeout corner, et cetera, is very hard, you're getting in a struggle, then don't engage in that struggle. Don't use that timeout spot. That timeout or time away from reinforcement can be wherever that child is at that minute. Because by getting in the power struggle of, you know, trying to like prompt a child and bring a child and get in the kind of negotiation of getting them to timeout, one can kind of, I think, escalate quickly and potentially turn a you know, just kind of not so great situation to potentially a dangerous situation that could prompt some aggression that wasn't there before. Um, some, you know, if people are physically bringing a child time out, that can really escalate things and, and be unsafe. So you don't want to get in the power struggle, one, for the safety aspects, but two, you're given attention, right? When you're in the negotiation, the power struggle, the kids are getting what they want. They're running the show. They're getting all of your attention right then. So instead of getting in the tug of war, drop the rope, walk away, remove attention. That time out, that time away from reinforcement can exist wherever that child is because you and peers are the source of the fun. So remove the source of the fun and let that time away from reinforcement occur wherever they are in the classroom. A few other practical tips for the classroom. If your students um, struggle with receptive language processing, use visuals to explain when this time away from reinforcement will occur. That, you know, when you do these behaviors, this is what happens. Things like behavior contingency maps are really, really helpful here. I'll put the link to those in the show notes. 
Also give a criteria for the time away from reinforcement ending. When does the child get to rejoin the group? When are you going back to the child? You can communicate that to the child or student if that's appropriate, or just have the criteria set for yourself of, you know, when they're quiet for 10 seconds, I'm going to go back over and ask them if they're ready to rejoin the group. I think when rejoining the group and coming back to the activity or task that they were doing previously, sometimes we expect too much that we want this like deep, heartfelt apology before jumping back in. I know as a parent, I kind of fall into that a lot. Like I want my daughter to say sorry for what she did. And the prompting the apology is okay, but like expecting them to do that by themselves when maybe they aren't independent with language yet and expecting a very long and well thought out apology from a young child who just doesn't have those processing skills yet, I think is unrealistic. And keep in mind, they were just mad. Like when you're mad, you don't always want to talk about it. So I think like a quick check-in is appropriate and then just jump right back in. It doesn't need to be kind of a whole drawn out process. Um, Another thing to note is to be aware of your school or school district's policies on this. Even though we've spent a lot of time discussing, you know, this new school time away from reinforcement, doesn't have to look like timeout, make sure you're up to date on exactly what your school says regarding this intervention. You obviously want to be following your school or school district's policy. And if it's a semantics game that you're saying, you know, me walking away and removing me, the source of attention, is going to be effective at reducing, you know, a very dangerous behavior, and I'm going to work on teaching replacement behavior, then don't call it timeout because it doesn't have to be called that. It's not timeout in the special ed world could have connotations with, you know, a timeout room and restraint and things like that. And that's really so far from the intervention you're using that I just described. Then call it something different. Call it a time away from reinforcement as your intervention and how you explain it and write it in your behavior your plan. So let's summarize. So we're out with the olds. No more sitting for the number of minutes of your age in a certain spot. No more power struggles to get to a timeout spot. No more assuming that timeout means, you know, a padded timeout room with people certified in specific types of restraint. That's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about taking thorough baseline data, figuring out why a behavior is happening, If it's for attention, while we're teaching a replacement behavior, meaning a new way to get attention, we're also going to start a new strategy. So that's not timeout, right? New way to think about it. Time away from reinforcement. So when the child or student engages in a problem behavior, we're removing the source of attention. So we're walking away. We're having the child stay in one spot. We are removing that attention so that negative behavior doesn't maintain. And hopefully the child will start using their replacement behavior that we're teaching them at the same time. So yes, this process sounds long and it sounds complicated because it is a little bit. Behavior change isn't always easy. If it was easy to change, it would have been changed already. But if you spend the time going through these steps specifically and taking your time at each step, you are going to be much more likely to have long-lasting behavior change. And I know that's everyone's goal. We don't want something to just change for a day or two. We want something that's going to be functional and improve this child's life for the better in the long term. So think about how using this idea of time away from reinforcement 
could be beneficial for some of your kids with attention behaviors, but make sure you do your due diligence with doing with utilizing it because we want to ensure that we're grabbing the opportunity for that long-lasting behavior change all the time. Did you know that two out of three teachers turn to Teachers Pay Teachers for educational resources? As a seller on TPT, this makes me so excited. I love seeing educators turn to other educators for support in their classrooms. There are so many great resources on Teachers Pay Teachers, and this could be made even better if we could involve school budgets in this process. Enter TPT for Schools. TPT for Schools makes it easy for administrators and teachers to collaborate when making curricular decisions. TPT helps you set up a way of using school funds for these resources. This is a new program and there's already over 5,000 schools registered. In the special ed world, this is even more important because we don't have that many resources and the resources that are provided for us might not be so appropriate for our class. To learn more about TPT for Schools, visit schools.teacherspayteachers.com. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest, or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum. Everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.